Welcome to the Sydney Ideas podcast series. Sydney Ideas is the University of Sydney's public events program, providing you with the opportunity to hear leading thinkers from our university and around the world. Enjoy the podcast. Good evening all. Uh, welcome to tonight's lecture uh, or seminar, sorry, it's not a lecture. I'm not a lecturer yet, I'm still a student. Uh, welcome to tonight's uh, seminar. Uh, my name is uh, Firas Naji. I'm a member of the Cultural Salon of the Iraqi University Graduates Forum, uh, which organizes the Iraqi Cultural Festival, which I'm a director of. And I'm also a student, which I just told you. Uh, at the, I'm a research uh, uh, student doing master's degree at the Department of Arabic Language and Cultures. So before we begin, I would like to acknowledge and pay my respect to the traditional owners of the land, which we meet here today, and uh, pay my respect to their elders past and present. As we share our knowledge, teaching, learning, and research practices within this university, we may also pay respect to the knowledge embedded forever within the Aboriginal custodianship of country. I'm delighted to welcoming you to the screening of Mohammed El-Daraji's films, which will be followed by conversation between Mohammed and Dr. Lucia Sorbera. She's the acting chair of the Department of Arab Arabic Language and Cultures. Mohammed El-Daraji's visit is, uh, he's actually, he's coming part of the uh, functions of the Iraqi Cultural Festival, so we invited him. And the Iraqi Cultural Festival is sponsored by CAR, which is the Council for Australian Arab Relations. And actually CAR has sponsored a number of earlier activities within the department uh, for Sydney University and also past Iraqi Cultural Festival, so thank you for CAR. I'll give you now a brief introduction about Muhammad. I think I know Muhammad's biography. I'll try to do it without looking at the paper now. So he was uh, born in 1978, and uh, he migrated to Holland uh, when he was a teenager, where he studied both in Holland and also in UK, cinematography and film directing and and also he uh, co-founded a production company, Human Film Productions. Uh, Mohammed went back to Iraq after 2003, where he directed his first film, uh, Ahlam, which we will screen excerpts of today. And uh, when he went back to Iraq, he wanted to be involved in you know, and building Iraqi cinema and making films. And he faced a lot of uh, issues that I'm sure he will talk about. And then Ahlam actually won a number of uh, awards. I think it won um, 125, sorry, 22 awards and was screened over 125 international film festivals. And was also uh, recommended to be to represent Iraq for Oscar and Golden Globe co consideration 2007. 
So when, while he was in Iraq, he was kidnapped by militias, detained by the US Army, and assaulted by Iraqi security force. Muhammad then directed his two acclaimed films, which were also screened tonight, Son of Babylon, winner of the Best International Feature Film in the Rain Dance Film Festival 2010, and In the Sands of Babylon, winner of the Best Film from the Arab World in Abu Dhabi Film Festival. Now I would like to do a short introduction about Lucia. Lucia is a senior lecturer and acting head in the Department of Arabic Languages and Cultures, and Kathleen Fitzpatrick visiting fellow in the Laureate Program International History at the University of Sydney. She has published widely in the history of Egyptian feminism, women's political activism, and cultural productions in the Arab world, specifically Iraqi cinema. Besides her academic work, Lucia carries out an intense activity in public outreach in Australia and, it and in Italy. Among her recent projects, she's a guest curator at the Torino Book Fair, where she curates with Paolo Caridi the program of Arab Soul, a focus on Arab cultures. Her publications on Iraqi cinema include History and Fiction in the New Iraqi Cinema, uh, in Jordi Tegel, Peter Sluggett, Ricardo Boko, and Hamid Pozarslan book, which is a very good book, by the way, Writing the Modern History of Iraq, Historiographical and Political Challenges. She also uh, wrote uh, Dreamers Without Borders, which is uh, Iraqi movies after Saddam, and Offline Baghdad, not just another film festival which was in Milan, 2007. Those who participated in previous events, co-hosted by the Department of Arab Languages and Cultures, are familiar with our commitment to public outreach. Over the years, the department has integrated its research and teaching activities with intense work to bring to Sydney inspiring speakers from the Arab world, who engaged thought-provoking conversations with academics from the University of Sydney, with Australian journalists, and with the Arab communities, cultural operators based in Australia, offering up-to-date, informed perspectives on the complex political social processes that are taking place in Arab world today. In times when the Arab world tends to be represented predominantly as a theater of crisis, terrorism, and war, our guests, like Mohammed today, shed light on the underrepresented expressions, more specifically the creativity and, resi and resilience of the Arab civil society. A civil society that faces multiple, level, multiple levels of violence, the violence exercised by the authoritarian regimes, the violence exercised by terrorism, and the violence exercised by foreign military occupation and neoliberal economic exploitation. And last but not least, the violence that is inherent in ignoring the much needed work to promote international peace and social justice. The aim of the public lectures organized by the Department of Arab Languages and Cultures is to shed light 
on the intersecting on the intersection between the artistic and the socio-political sphere, spheres, enlightening the pivotal role of the Arab civil society today. Our approach of contemporary cultural and political dynamics challenges hegemonic and simplistic narratives and is grounded in historical analysis. We believe that in conversation with these voices, we can address the global challenges that are a common concern to all of us. For this reason, we are particularly pleased to welcoming tonight Mohammed Adraji, whose work is a clear example of aesthetic excellence and social commitment. So please join me in welcoming Mohammed Adraji. Introduction, and also thanks to the Iraqi Culture Festival to have me here. And before I start talking about the films that we're going to watch, uh, let me apologize to Faraz because uh, I make his life in the last eight months is very difficult to bring me here uh, because with my busy schedule and my new films coming, and it was not easy to be in contact with Firas and really, really, I suppose not to be here. But Firas with his uh, organization and the Iraqi uh, Culture Festival, they were pushing me and uh, today they were telling me that uh, after the dinner of today, because tomorrow I fly back to Baghdad, they're going to punish me in Iraqi way <laughs> <laughs> because I make their life uh, difficult in the last eight months. Um, I'm really happy and pleased to be in this university, in Sydney University, and uh, be with Lucia, of course. Uh, there's something different uh, to talk about uh, uh, Iraq and about culture and about films. But uh, we're going to watch first the, uh, my first film. It's called Ahla, Mini Dreams. It was my dreams uh, in 2004. We shot it in 2003 and 2004. It was a very difficult film to make. It was during the war. It was bombing Baghdad, and, and, and Baghdad has no proper government or uh, uh, police or anything. And we were taking the camera, a 35 million camera, it's a very heavy camera, and try to make a future a fiction film on the street of Baghdad. So we were, were going to watch the clip, and this is like sort of, um, uh, 52 minutes of the film. So you didn't see the 52 minutes, but you're going to see the after the 52 minutes of the film. And then uh, after the seven minutes, I think we will continue with Lucia to talk more about the film. And also we're going to show different clips of different films, okay? Thank <laughs> you. 
thank you for being here, Mohammed, and thank you, Firas, for uh, organizing uh, Mohammed's visit uh, to Sydney. Uh, I'm particularly pleased to be here and being in conversation with Mohammed because I've been following his work and all the filmmakers of his generation for the past 10 years. And actually, when I, when the first time I saw Ahlam, uh, it was at the um, Iraqi Film Festival in Hamburg, uh, and it was screened alongside another long metrage, uh, which was under exposure by your colleague, uh, Odai Rashid. And uh, these two movies uh, are a landmark in the new uh, Iraqi cinematography. These are the first two long metrages which have been made uh, after the invasion of 2003 and uh, which give voice to a new generation of Iraqi filmmakers uh, which I would define as transnationals because you produce uh, and work between uh, uh, Iraq and Europe, Germany in the case of Odai and the UK in your case. Uh, what we have seen in, uh, in this scene, you know, Ahlam narrates the story of a young woman who uh, is, a, is a patient in a psychiatric hospital and it's inspired by a real accident which happened during the war of 2003. Uh, so uh, the, the psychiatric hospital was bombed and uh, many patients fled the, the hospital. Uh, Iraqi newspapers reported about that. And you took inspiration by this fact to narrate the story of, uh, to narrate the story of the conflict uh, and of the occupation uh, from below. So you, you take the point of view of uh, the people on the ground, the people that we haven't seen in uh, mainstream media and uh, in mainstream narratives uh, about the war, uh, to tell us what was going on on the field. Uh, I, I think this is, this is the first element that I noticed uh, in your movie. And uh, another element that I noticed, uh, perhaps because I'm Italian, eh, but uh, it reminded me of uh, Rossellini's movies. I, I'm not sure I'm not the first, I'm sure I'm not the first one who makes this comment. Uh, it's like uh, a new, uh, you narrate Baghdad as an open city a city open to the occupation and the city uh, where people are suffering from this occupation. But at the same time, if Rossellini narrates the heroism of ordinary people, it seems to me that you try to break the narratives of heroism. You are proposing a counter-narrative where there are no heroes, but there are victims of violence. So can you tell, and these also, uh, you know, it's a rupture with the, with the way uh, the Iraqi war was narrated by mainstream American cinema, where we had a number of movies dedicated to the war in Iraq, uh, but where the figures of the soldiers, uh, especially the American soldiers, were prominent. Uh, or even uh, the tradition of Iraqi cinema in the 80s, uh, where the figure of the Iraqi soldier, soldier was glorified. So is that, a, I would be right in saying that, in suggesting that there is a, this interest in, uh, or this suggestion of going beyond this narrative of heroism and try to build a new narrative uh, of the war. Uh, thank you, Lucia. Um, <clears throat> what we see here is like, um, it was a film made in 2003 and four. Um, 
let me tell you some background about the story and then we go to your question. I was in, in, uh, in Leeds in the UK doing my master's degree in, in filmmaking. And um, the war started in, in Iraq. And I saw on the news um, Baghdad is bombed uh, on the street. At the same time, I was making my first, uh, making my finishing film, my, 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 uh, my finishing film for my, uh, for my, uh, for my uh, degree. And I couldn't believe, like, to see the, the city of your city and your, my family was living in Baghdad, was like bombed, you know? So it was too much for me to see it on the TV, you know? So, um, um, so I was, I was watching the news, and as I'm watching the news, I saw on the BBC uh, a reportage about uh, the, um, uh, the, the situation in Baghdad, and then the reportage about the mental institutions that was affected by the bombing of the American, and they bombed the, the hospital cell. And, and then I saw Ahlam, the character that you see it uh, on, the, um, on the clip. And uh, she was speaking uh, language is not Arabic, it's not Kurdish, it's not any of Iraqi language, unknown language. And that's, that, that character, that person, it's really like, wow, this is something. It make me cry all the time because a person speaking language is not known, you know? And, and, and she was wearing white dress. So I, um, um, I finished my degrees and I went back to, to, to Baghdad and, and in my head, I wasn't thinking to make this film. I wasn't thinking to make Ahla because I had different story. You know, first of all, to see my family, of course, and how we've been affected by the war. And, and then I had another, another subject I was thinking that could be my first future film. And then I, I used to go every day to this place where I start to write about uh, the, the, the film. And then I said, wait a minute, let me go to the mental institutions, maybe to see, just to see Ahlam, not to go to make a film about her or anything like that. And I go there and then I, and then I met this, this, this doctor that represented on the film. And, and he told me stories that I couldn't believe it about the mental institutions and how it's been affected by the war and the patient that they have. And all of them, they used to be a, a political prisoner, you know, and being forced to be in this prison by Saddam regime and how they've been affected by the war. So I ended going there every day. And then I read the case of Ahlam. I couldn't speak with her. It was difficult to speak with her. And I thought, that's my thing. This is my place. So I ended up being about uh, four weeks there writing the story of Ahlam. Um, for me, I had the question during the uh, writing the story is, who is making the war? Who is the really ill? Who is the mental, uh, uh, mental illness? Is the people make the war or the normal patient that they are uh, affected by the war. Uh, uh, because those people, and, and I met them, in, uh, the real people, I met them, and they were raising to me questions that you don't expect it. It's a real, it's a real question, like a beautiful question. Like they say, why they are fighting? 
a simple question. Simple, very simple question. Why there is a fight? Why they boom? You know, what happened? What's the reason behind it? And this for me is a very simple question, but when you're going to answer it, it's complicated. You know, how, how I'm going to explain, how I'm going to answer this question to them? And if I tell him my answer, they will not understand me. So for me, it was for me the film about raising this question and not answer it. And, and um, who, when it came to the soldiers, Ali, the soldier Ali on the film about this, this basically is about this character that he saw in the clip. He's walking nakedly, half naked, you know, and on the street of Baghdad. He, on the film, he's a, he's a, his ex-soldiers, uh, during Saddam regime, he got bombed in 1995, in 1998, uh, by the American, because American during, between 1991 until 2003, we had the boycott, the sanction, and each time, whereas the deal between the United Nations and Iraqi government is not working regarding the surging of the weapon, of the, uh, uh, of the weapon, they bombed Baghdad in different area just to, uh, you know, just to put pressure against Saddam regime. So they bombed his unit, and this is a true story. And, 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 and his, his colleague, his friend, he lost his friend, the soldier. And then he ended, his, his basically taking his friend and tried to go to the, to, the, to the hospital. But he ended crossing the border with Syria, and, and then the Iraqi uh, intelligent police captured him, and then they cut his ears because in, in Iraqi law during Saddam regime, if the, a soldier escaped in the army, then the punishment is basically cutting the ears, you know? So this guy, is, they cut his ears, and then he become mentally ill, and he ended in the mental institution. And that's true story. So I represent him in the film. So for me, was Ali is the hero. Ali is the hero, but in a different way. Ali is the hero, not in the way of a classical, traditional, uh, um, um, Iraqi or American or Arabic way. Um, Ali is killed by the end of the film. And I kept him as the hero. I kept going back to him, like filming him. He's dead, basically. And they, they took him on the street uh, on one of the scenes. And there is like, there is a, there is a, there is a sort of uh, uh, argument between the American soldiers and the Iraqi people because Ahlam is going, by the end of the film, Ahlam is going to the, to the the very high building, and, and her family is very scared from from her to, that she can jump or she do anything. And the American soldier not allowed the people to enter this building. So um, I ended um, going back to Ali. Like there is a fight and there is different action happen, but I don't go to this action. I go often to Ali, because for me Ali is the hero. The hero because he gathered the people. He is the hero because uh, he made the statement. You know, um, uh, I, I, I don't know why I did that, to be honest with you. I, was, I, I thought about it, but I, the real Ali was, was uh, he's, he's exists, he, he's in life, he's in the, at the hospital, uh, but um, I killed him in the film, but I kept him the hero. I don't know why, it was maybe my reaction of the war or what happened, it was like sort of, um, reflect what I was thinking at the time. And by the way, it's funny to see this film, like 2004 and, and now, it's, uh, when you see it, it's like uh, as a filmmaker, you, are, you have different view about life, about telling the story, and, and it's, it's, a, 
a very weird feeling to see the film back. You know? One of the characters here says, Baghdad has fallen, so we all must fall. So retrospectively, how, how, do, you, how do you think of this sentence? And uh, do you think that everybody fall after the, after the fall? I mean, we as Iraqi, we don't say Baghdad fell because it's like uh, in the history of Baghdad, 35 times has been occupied as a city. And the whole history of Baghdad's existence, 1,000 years, something like that. Um, um, so Baghdad felt 35 times. Not felt, we don't call felt, it's occupied, is the difference. Uh, on the film, I use this word because um, you hear it in the news, the fell of Baghdad, the fell of Baghdad, uh, the Arabic tell us Sukut uh, Baghdad. We say, no, it's not Sukut Baghdad. Baghdad is, no, the regime is fell. The occupation army occupied Baghdad. But it's different, the city is exist, the Tigris River is exists, it's, it's carry on, it's like, uh, since the existence of this city. So, for me it was like sort of, yes we fell on the time, talking as Muhammad on the time, because the, yeah, it was, because of me maybe, I left Iraq in 1994, I left Baghdad, and it was like, uh, when I came back in 2003, it is like, a, it was a sandstorm in Baghdad, and the city is like, 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 like empty, like a desert, like a, like there is no life. When I enter Baghdad, I came from Jordan, uh, uh, and Jordan border, and then driving about like eight hours, and then I enter to the Baghdad, the city, and it was like a, a five o'clock, uh, yeah, five six o'clock in the afternoon, and it had sunstorms. In the image of me, like everything is, is gray color, and I enter the city that I left the city with full of life, you know, beautiful everything, but the effect of the war is really, really damaging everything. So for me was, <clears throat> this sentence was important because I was personally confused. Um, is the Baghdad felt or not? If the Baghdad felt, is the, we felt also. And this character that she said, this character is, 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 is she's not actor by the way. Uh, she's a real person. She's a real mental uh, ill uh, person. This character, until now I know her, I'm very close to her. She's basically in the same uh, street where I work. And I, when I wrote this line, I wasn't basically expected to, to that, um, that, uh, that I'm going to put it in the film. But, and on, on this moment, I asked her this question. What do you think about Baghdad? What happened? She used to be a lawyer, very famous lawyer in, 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 in Iraq. And, um, and uh, she ended in the mental institutions in, and, and, uh, because of she made a, a court case against the son of Saddam on the time because he took a piece of land for, against her client. So she ended up in the court case and then they punish her in their way I don't want to go to the details. So, um, 
and her name is Maryam. And, and I asked Maryam, so Maryam, what do you think about Baghdad? And, and, and then she said this line, and I thought, wow, I didn't want to write, the, I, didn't, I wrote it, but I didn't want that somebody say it in my character. And I had a problem putting it on the film because it was for me, the, like Baghdad is not film, why, why you say it? This is not what he believed. And then I ended putting it in the timeline. Like, okay, maybe she need to say it, maybe she need to, to say it in different way. Thank you. There is always a, a, an intersection between oral history and, um, and fiction in your movies uh, that perhaps we can talk more about uh, when we discuss other movies. Uh, we can perhaps uh, move on to the second clip uh, that uh, we, we have prepared for you. So the, the second movie that we thought... This we is Son of Babylon. This is, my, uh, this is going to be the second future film that I made. It was uh, shot in 2008 and 9 um, in seven cities uh, in Iraq from the north to the south. And what we're going to see, we're going to see blah, 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 the 42 minutes of this, the, uh, like the after 42 minutes of the film. We're going to see. Okay? This is a long journey. Now, an old woman with her grandson crossing Iraq from uh, Kurdistan till Nasiriya, searching for her son. And through this personal journey, you are addressing the theme of mass graves in Iraq and forced disappearances. So when, when did you choose this topic and why? Sometimes I say in all my topics, I don't choose my topics, they choose me. Um, that's actually the, 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 the subject I... Um, when I was making Ahlam in 2004, um, as we were filming, we were stopped by the cafe, uh, having some tea, and then I hear in, um, uh, the radio news, about massacre discovered uh, on Babylon, the old city of Babylon. <coughs> For me, on the time, I had the coffee, and I had the, every, the tea, and I had the cigarette, and I hear, I mean, I was busy with Ahlam and filming, and my crew around me, and then I said to my, my uh, I said to my director assistant, it's true, it's true, the, the, in Babylon? They said, no, this is maybe fake news, you know, it's like, uh, not, there is a massive grave discovered, 350 massive grave discovered after the fall of the regime. But I couldn't get it like around Babylon, the old Babylon city, like the nearby the Babylon, the old city, not the Babylon, the city, the, the, like the, the Babylon today. So he said, no, no. And then I checked it later on the news and true. So this, this, this image of, of um, Martha Grave, um, Babylon, the city, mm, something, you know. And then later on, I thought about my uh, auntie. She did the, uh, the, uh, the same journey as this mother because she went and searched for her son. It's my auntie, I'm Arabic from Baghdad and did the same journey and wanted to search for her son that went also missing during the war. And, um, and I felt, 
Hmm. My auntie. So I wrote the first draft. It's about my auntie from Baghdad going to the, to this to the south of Iraq, searching for her son. And and I make myself as the grandson, you know. Um, and then. In 2006 and seven, you hear in the news about the that the American want to divide Iraq to three parts, you know, like North Kurdish, South Shia, and then West uh, Sunni. And I was actually in Tokyo representing Ahlam, and then I hear this news, and I think there is something I can do here differently. And then I came and I changed it to to a mother come from the Kurdish area. And, and, and with her grandson. I don't know anything about Kurdish. I know about Kurdish uh, culture and people, but I don't know exactly a lot. So I went and I learned the language and I went there for search. And the, um, the, the amazing that sometimes when you think about topic and, and you go and dress it, things coming up to you. And then in my search, um, I discovered Shazad, the, the actor, because all my, prof all my actors, they are not professional actors, they are normal people. So I was searching for um, some cast, and then I find uh, Shazad. And Shazad is, she used to be a political prisoner. Uh, she lost her baby in the prison for five years, and her husband, is is also being ended in one of the mass graves. She never had find his body, but um, uh, she also went for this search and searched for her husband in the mass grave. And this woman is a beautiful woman, beautiful human being. Um, uh, when I did the casting of a lot of women, they always ended crying because they have relative in people, same as the subject. But Shaza did not cry, and that was powerful. And then later on, I find out that Shazad um, was the first woman witness in, against Saddam Hussein in his court. You know, that gave me really like, gave me very, uh, uh, very important step to work with her. And yeah, and then we work together on that. Like uh, in your movies, uh, you're always in between dreams and reality, fictions and. Uh, fiction and uh, documentary or documenting. Uh, I found a comment, uh, a comment question uh, uh, by your mother about your movies. It seems that she asked you, why are you making movies? Our life is a movie. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what you reply to this question. Yeah, and uh, there, is a, there is a documentary film I made uh, about the making of Ahlam in Iraq. It's called Iraq. War, God, Love, and Madness. It's a very long title. Uh, and uh, on, the, on the documentary, my mother said to me, um, film? film. cinema. She say like, why are, why are you filming me? Why are, why are you making fiction film and, and, and making ahlam and crazy about fiction? We are, we are a film. We become a cinema. We are the actors who to act, you know, in our daily life. I, I didn't understand her. 
I really didn't understand all the time, you know, because I was, you know, this crazy young filmmaker wanting to make his first fiction film on 35 million. You know, I shouldn't document what happened with my mother or what happened with my family. What happened with my mother and with my family is huge. Is if I if I write it now, it's become very strong film, you know, and and but I said no, it's my family, you know, it's like very close to me, no, no. And that was in 2004. She told me that, and I ignored her, and I didn't listen to her. But uh, between 2003, uh, 2004, until 2013, after nine years. I thought about my, uh, um, uh, no, until 2011, 12, I, 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 want, I, I, saw, I, I went back and I saw the documentary. Just I don't know why, but I saw the documentary. And then I saw the clip of my mother said to me, why you are making a film, we are a film. And I said, wait a minute. There is, a, there is something my mother said. There's something very powerful. And then I made my, third film that you're going to see the clip of it. Uh, it's called In the Sand of Babylon, Taht Rimal Babel. And this film is absolutely, I call it a crazy <laughs> film, because I don't know if it is a fiction or a documentary. I don't, I, I can't say it. You know, it's like a, if somebody asking me, is it a fiction? I say no. Is it a documentary? I say it's no. How I did it, did it, it was like really, uh, the process of it is, uh, I don't know. Because it was, uh, it was based on what my mother said, we are a film. So I, on the film that you're going to see, I treat the fiction, I, I did it as a fiction, like scene, like actor, and 35 million, and huge, you know? But I treat it like a documentary, a, a, a real people. And then I, I, I go for the character, the real character, the, 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 the people that, that, that real people. And I look to them and I say to myself, they are a fiction, not real. Treat them like a fiction. And on the edit, it took me one and a half year to edit this film. It was like, absolutely, I don't know how I finish it, but it was, it was what my mother said. So I think maybe better we watch some clip of it and then we can take tip. So here my first question would be, what happened when uh, you stopped filming? <laughs> because when, I stopped when, I, when you stopped? Because he asked you to stop filming. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to stop it, like, you know, as a selfish filmmaker. You don't stop it, you know, because this is the moment where you search for it. And but, um, he's, a, he's a friend of us. And uh, I know him. Like, I know him since I was very young. He used to teach me English, actually, when I was in primary school. And um, so um, I managed, like, because I know him not somebody like strange that uh, to keep filming and then I stopped it and then uh, took me time with him to uh, to say we need to talk we need really to talk about it Th those those character on the film 
that there's three real character. They are character that um, they were shot and, 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 and killed on the mass graves. And they managed to escape the mass grave that happened in 1991. And three of them. And it was really, when I know about the, their story, I was amazed about it. it something unbelievable. In, in reality, they are not officially exist as a real, because in the, in the, in the, in, in their names been part of the mass grave, you know? But after 2003, they appear and they say, well, we are alive. And um, so on the film, when I came to talk with them about it, it was not easy to talk about it. So I went back to my mother, where she said to me, we are a film, you make a film about us? This is, they, they are a film, you know? It's like, uh, they're real, real people. So I didn't, I didn't want to invest um, like, um, on their story. I just want, I was about to invest on myself how to understand their story, how I'm going to tell it, you know? And that was very difficult because for me it was like, a, when I was editing the film, I thought I'm going to play God. There is a lot of moment in the film, you see, they, they, they shoot real people, shoot real people like, like, like unbelievable, you cannot believe it. And, and, I, and, I, and I go like in the edit room and I said, okay, I'm God now. I'm going to get inside the monitor, stop the shooting, you know, and play it backward and forward, backward and forward. And because, like, uh, like what my mother say, we are a film, you know. It's like, uh, so the fiction was no. The, the fiction is was really like I I I I, I wrote it and I was uh, think about it deeply about it. Okay, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to tell the story. Because as the, this film is supposed to be the second part of Son of Babylon. This film is supposed to be tell only the story of Ibrahim. What happened with the son that the mother wanted to search for him. But it ended in the film that ends Son of Babylon. Yes, and actually you address uh, a theme which has been long for a long time uh, underestimated and understudied by historiography which is the, the outcome of the 1991 Shia Intifada against the regime. So there was a brutal repression of this uh, Intifada, of this uh, uh, uprising, and uh, only recently historians have started doing oral history about that. So in a way you anticipate this trend uh, of oral history. And I see this, uh, this movie as an experiment in oral history, in uh, video oral history, because you interview them uh, about this moment. Yeah, for me, like uh, when I was in, when I was, when I used to live in, in Holland before 2003, they were talking about uh, my, my Dutch colleague in, in the Dutch TV. They were asking me questions about Iraq, you know, and as a colleague, we talk about Iraq and all of that. And they don't have a lot of information about Iraq. And they know just Saddam Hussein, you know, that kind of thing. And then I said to him, oh, we had done uprise against Saddam Hussein in 1991 the Kurd in the north and the Arab in the south. And they said, what? Uprise? You know, you know, Americans did the war and nothing happened. I said, no, no, there is a 14 cities has been uprised against Saddam Hussein 
and those cities is being like Saddam Hussein had no control of Iraq for a period of two to three weeks. And, and we were very believed that they, we going to, like uh, the, the, the uprising going to take out Saddam Hussein because he didn't have any control. We were in Baghdad in the, the, the area where I live. They were for five days, five days, not no army, no Baptist party or anything like that. So um, on the time, on the, during the uprising that uh, I was very, very like, uh, young, you know, to, and, and we were th thinking of hearing the news is like, the uprising is coming and the Saddam is gone, you know, and, and the army will take with the uprising, take control. And then the American, the coalition left it and not doing anything. And, and then what happened with the aftermath? Saddam ended being using all his um, uh, planes and aircraft and bombed everything and, um, and killed random people, not just the uprising, but killed random people. And the, 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 the number of people went missing is amazing, like unbelievable. And for me, it was like, you know, I need to do something about it. It's always in my head. So Son of Babylon was, the, was one of the things to talk about. It. It's like, so look, I said to you, the subject is not, is, I'm, don't choose the subject, the subject come to me. But is it with me, like with me as, as, as Muhammad, the Iraqi, but as a filmmaker, no. Um, and is the same with my new film, my new film, The Journey. It's the same. I don't choose the subject. I, I read about it and then I hear about it. But it's also with me because it's part of, of our life in Iraq. You said that now this movie was screened also at the Parliament House in uh, Iraq and the House of Representatives in the UK. How was it received by politicians? Uh, politicians, <laughs> politicians always. It's good to talk with about politicians. Uh, um, in, 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 in Iraq, this film, I first of all, give justice to those three people, because those three people that uh, they supposed to get compensation, uh, but they had not any paper or anything been in the massa grave, you know. So how are they going to show that we were in the massa grave? You know? <laughs> It's like, how well they, can, they show that we are dead, basic dead people. So this film is like, is like, like they ID, they document, and, and uh, it received very well. It received really like, uh, uh, very strong. But unfortunately, and this is the another side of the story, it's like, uh, 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 this film was when the first premiere in Abu Dhabi, it received the best award, you know, uh, very good welcome, the press wrote a very good thing about it. And then I came back to uh, Iraq and then um, I had the, uh, because this film is like, uh, was uh, uh, produced by the Ministry of Culture in Iraq. They, they took the right of it, you know. And, uh, but with the corruption in Iraq, uh, the, this film has been blocked for one year, not to go anywhere. And it's because of me, yeah, it's not, yeah, because like uh, the head of uh, film and theater organization, uh, he asked 10% of the contract to be paid off to him. And um, on the day of the screening of the film in Baghdad, in the front of 1,500 people, live um, broadcast live in main Iraqi TV, I went and I say, 
the guy that owned this theater or he's here in this theater and run this Ministry of Culture. He's a corrupted and he's asking me 10%. <laughs> and it was a huge case. It was like the case like in 2014, yeah, 2014, uh, uh, during the previous government, it's a very corrupt government and, uh, and nobody will talk about that. And I want him publicly in the first person go in the media and say about corruption in Iraq. And they blocked the film for one year and they court case and court case, you know, and, you know, so um, it received very well inside the Iraqi parliament, but inside a couple of uh, political party, they like the film, but they don't like me because I was talking about corruption and they are part of the coalition government in Iraq, you know. Um, so, um, uh, but it's, it's very, uh, uh, like, uh, um, when, when this film screened after, you know, in Iraq, in some of the cities in, in Iraq, uh, and the young generation, you know, and, and, and like, uh, um, like in Najaf, for example, Najaf is very like a, a religion city, and, uh, and that was the first film to be screened in Najaf as a film, you know, and um, we had about 1,000 audience, and all of them is very young, and, and female. In this film, there is a lot of swearing, you know, in the back is swearing, swearing. Like very, like really not used to be in Iraqi drama to be used the word of the F word and all of that. So I was thinking that nobody will come, you know, not maybe female and, and girls. But ended like 65% of the audience was female, and they saw the film and nobody leave the the the, the, the cinema and they love it, and they will come to me and talk with me and say, um. They have been here about what happened 1991, but they have been not, uh, they've been what was not existed, the, all of them young generation, you know? And they say, it's amazing that we, we, we have something because our family used to be affected by, the, by what happened in 1991. But you came and you show this film and, and you give us this kind of a memory to us as Iraqi, it was really huge for them. You know, and the main character, the real characters, not the fiction character, they were like the hero, you know, for them taking selfie and all of that. And that was beautiful to give respect to those people that they are not existing in reality, in, in, in reality, you know. But this film gave them the idea, the statement, to come and to stand and to say and to talk about it, you know, to talk about this subject was not easy for them. You say that uh, these movies, uh, they are not just entertainment. They are meant to change the world. Do you really believe that we can change the world through ours? I'm a dreamer. It's like change the world. That's your quote. <laughs> I know, I know myself. That was 10 years ago, not now. Okay. No. No. Just change the world. It's a nice world, you know. It's like, like how I used to believe in the United Nations, but I don't believe it anymore. It's like, you know, it's like uh, change the world. Hmm. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's nice to, to, to believe in it, and, and nice to, to think about it. But like, uh, um, like as, 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 a, as a dreamer, yeah, as somebody to dream about beautiful, peaceful world, you know, and, and useful, and there is no more uh, refugee coming on the sea, and 
being put in the island somewhere, and, you know, and and being refused to accept in, in a country like Australia or in or in Europe, you know. Uh, Sometimes you think about it, you say, you know what? Uh, we we should change the world. We should really do something about it. Me personal, Muhammad, it's, uh, like, is is I keep dream. And I keep having this hope as Muhammad. Uh, uh, try to translate this in on my films, you know. But what kind of hope? That's that's the question that you need to. Um, you need maybe you solve different seat than than me. Um, like in my film, I don't I don't say it is entertainment. I don't call them movie. By the way. Called in films, it's different, and and I try just to tell you some story and say to you, um, it is not entertainment. It is a journey. It is something you take it with me and you go with this one half hour, and then look at your in your point of view. Is it is it entertainment? That's something to you, but I. When I look to the film, I don't look at it as entertainment. I look at it as a, as somebody I I I learn from it, because this is how I learn. I I I love watching films. You know, I I watch every day one film, and and I go to watch film from Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, uh, America. You know, anywhere to to discover and to learn about the culture of the people. And <clears throat> but but to. Um, to, to, to let you go in the way that you discover this, this story by you learn about your entertainment self. Because I believe there is, between the screen and the people sit there, there is something. And, and this air is going to, to, uh, to give you some information differently and different way. Yes, I keep hoping and I keep dreaming and I keep thinking, but when you see the reality, sometimes it's very tough and it's not easy. But I never give up for me personal. And I think, and I, if the moment that I think my film will not do something, I will stop making films. I will find another job, basically. Yeah. And can you tell us something about your school uh, in, uh, in Baghdad for filmmakers? Uh, is this part of this dream? Oh yeah, that's, that's important because that's, that's, uh, that keeps me dreaming, that keeps me uh, living in Iraq and, and, and working in Iraq. Um, since since Ahlam, when I came to make Ahlam, we didn't have the the infrastructure of, of cinema being destroyed by the war, and also by the boycott, the sanction. Between 1991 and 2003, we had the boycott and the sanction. So that has been really destroyed Iraq. That's really, really destroyed Iraq as culture, as education, as, as anything. This, this sanction, this boycott was really, really hurt us a lot. So part of it's films and cinema, and, and we are not allowed to import film material because the film, they believe 35 million on the time, you can use them for the chemical weapon, you know? Um, so the film industry ended dead, and then after 2003 and during the war of 2003, any facility was destroyed during the bombing of, of, of Iraq. And so I came and I had that sort of, there is a gap for 12 years, yeah, 12 years, no film being made. 
So me and my colleague Uday Rashid, um, Lucia mentioned his name. Uh, we ended start from zero basically. Like you, you don't believe it. The film cameras, we ended bring it from like, they used to be used to film the army, you know. Uh, the negative films um, is left over from some production in, 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 the U, in, the, in the UK. When the camera during Ahlam film broke, I need to fix it, I couldn't fix it in Iraq, I fixed it in, 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 in Syria. And, and then the, the process of the film, I went to Beirut, to Lebanon to process it. The crew, I start from zero. So my uh, average uh, crew member is 20 years old. So I made it like sort of film school inside the film cell to teach this young generation how to make a, a film. And then on Son of Babylon is the same. And then I came with Uday and I thought, okay, Uday, what can we do? It's, it's too tiring for us and for the young generation to just join the film. We need to make something. And then we start to do the Iraqi Independent Film Center where we focus in, in three parts, education, uh, uh, promotion, and a production. And we trained a lot of Iraqi. Talk about more than 250 uh, young Iraqi. And our dreams was before 2014, like in 2015, we should open officially the, the film school, film school as a film school with education, BA and MA. But unfortunately, with ISIS came in and, 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 and took over one third of Iraq in 2014, their plan has been changed. We hope maybe within two years from now, three years, we reopen it again. So there's multiple challenges uh, with this project. Uh. Oh, yeah, it's like a lot of challenge, you know, but uh, I think we are exist for challenge, you know. <laughs> like uh, as Iraqi, we, maybe we love challenge, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. You know, we, we always... Uh, I take the freedom to ask a last question before opening the floor to the audience. Mm -hmm. uh, my last question is, uh, uh, what was the impact of 2011 uh, on Iraqi artists and on the Iraqi cultural scene? On 2000, in 2011, with the revolutions across the Arab world, we have seen a flourishing of popular cultures and um, art in, uh, in many ways, uh, an explosion of freedom. Uh, uh, how was it perceived from the Iraqi perspective? The uprising, I mean, I was really Again, a dreamer about the uprise that will make something to the Arab world and to the, um, to the Iraq. And we were on the 28th of February uh, in Baghdad doing the protests in Al-Tahrir Square for anti-corruption, anti-sectarians, uh, reforming of Iraq because the, the, after 2003, they divide Iraq to sectarian, Kurdish, Arabic, Sunni, Shia, the politician, and they, they, this kind of form in, in, in American way of rethinking about Iraq. You know, the president should be Kurd, the prime minister need to be Shia, the, the, the speaker of the parliament, uh, the president is Sunni. And, you know, it's like, come on, you know, it's like, and then we lose our ID as Iraq. We start to search, up, after 2003, the Iraqis start to search about their ID, and they find themselves not Iraqi anymore, or they find themselves they are Shia, or they are Sunni, or they are Kurd, you know. And they started kind of, this is a kind of sectarian that killed us, that destroyed the country, you know? So in 2011, we came as a culture people and we started to protest again that. So that we have been getting it in the way 
from what happened also in the Arab uh, countries and the uprising that happened. And, and, and me personal, I didn't want to make a film about this. And, and now, uh, since 2015, is, by the way, today is the 31st, so yeah? So since two, two years ago, on the 31st of uh, July 2015, we start a new uprise against corruption and reform and sectarians. And, and we have it now for two years. We protest every Friday in Al Tahrir Square against corruption because we believe what happened in the country is, uh, is come from sectarian corruption and the, the political system. And we need to change it. So during these years, I was thinking, I'm going to make a film about it, I'm going to make a film, I'm going to make a film about it, and then I said, no, no, you are part of it, you are part of it, you are going to do propaganda film, and it's no good. So, so I choose myself not to do any film, but I have some of my colleagues and my students, they are making films about it. And it is affecting us, it is giving us more open mind, freedom in the way how we rethink us as, as, as a filmmakers, and it helped us. It helped us. And some people disagree about the uprising in the Arab world, the spring, the Arab spring, you know, and some people agree what happened. But for me, it was a great, important moment in Arab history. Continue to ask you a question for a couple of hours as I've been waiting for 10 years, but I think there are many people who want to ask questions. So we have a microphone now, and I'm happy to help anyone who wants to ask a question. Um, my question is, as you're showing your films to new audiences who haven't gone through the same kind of things as the people that are, um, as the people depicted in the films, have you found there's been like a, a lack of understanding at all? Oh, it's, yeah, it's a very good question. No, um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it in this way. I, I treat the the audience like uh, I treat the film from A to Z, like a film or the subject of a fiction or a documentary, and my job is not to teach you or to um, give you a lesson of uh, about Iraq or Middle East. No, because I look to the to the subject and to the character that my character, his name is Ali or his name is um, um, uh, 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 Sarah, is as Sarah as Ali that's, that I will take you in this journey for those characters and, and you need as an audience just to watch them and you, own your, you use your own mind and feeling about them. I don't need you to have. I don't need you to have a background, or um, with the alarm, or alarm of put an alarm with the. Uh, Remember that I should leave the work to the audience. <laughs> oh, it's very good. So, um, uh, so I, I, I let you, I let you take their experience, and I don't need you to be le to, that you know need to know about uh, Iraq or Middle East because I think it's not your. It's not necessary. Um, but what's important things is, is to engage, as an audience to engage with the film. And that's, that's my job, to make you engage with the film. And, and I, I met a lot of uh, people like from worldwide and, and, and beautiful experience. Like I never forget, I always say this, this, this example. 
was in Utah in the U.S. and we had the Sundance Film Festival and I was shown Son of Babylon. And it was really late on the night, like, like the screen was 1 a.m. and the film is finished 3 a.m. and then I had a Q&A. And I thought nobody will come, you know, 1 a.m. You know, in the night and I had jet lags and coming in the snow is winter. And then it sold out. So I said, wow, this is a great audience. And then I had a beautiful Q&A, most beautiful experience of Q&A with audience, American audience. And then I, I came out and it was 3.30, 4 o'clock. And I, I was tired, kaput, like really. And then I had, I had 10 women circle me, <laughs> our mothers. Beautiful mothers, very old women, you know, and, and, and they circle me and then one mother look at me, very emotional they are, and one mother come and hug me, and I said, oh, you know, and she hugged me like, she really hugged me nicely, and she started to cry, and to cry, and I said, oh, and then I find out that they are mother of the American soldiers, they were killed in Iraq, the group, their group. They came to see Iraqi film. They never saw Iraqi film before. And, and this mother, she cried. And, and then after, I sit with her, and, and she was very emotional. And you know, she said to me, you know what, Muhammad? I didn't cry because I only remember my son that was killed in Iraq. No, I cried because I never and ever thought about that Um Ibrahim, the mother, the Iraqi mother, have the same feeling as my feeling. You know, I have the same emotion as my emotion and how I look about my son and all of that. And that was really like for me was, oh, I, you know, I, I went for sleep and I thought about for three, four hours this, what, this sentence that she said to me. And I said to myself, yes, I did my job, you know? Because if she, if she never saw an Iraqi film, if she never met an Iraqi person, if she never, so that means I brought Umm Ibrahim as a human being, as a, as a human being to her to let her look like she's her neighbor, you know, and, 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 and she can sense her. And that's, that's very, very important. I don't need her to, learn, to know anything about Iraq or to learn history or anything like that. And I give you a very long answer, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe if there is a function that arts play, it's to give back the humanity, the sense of humanity to people. Now, in conflict, uh, people tend to be dehumanized. Uh, and the enemy tends to be dehumanized. So it's what, what arts does, it's to restore the humanity, you know, and to, yeah. yes. Um, so it's just a similar question to the gentleman. Um, from the point of view of the Iraqi people, I know we, uh, a lot of Iraqis can hold a lot of pride in themselves, despite going through a lot of hardship and such experiences that we've watched. They still don't want to be shown as victims, or they don't want to be looked at with a, you know, look with pity and being, yeah. Um. So, what what did you find? What were the responses from Iraqis watching those films, even though they're quite eye openers for everyone? Did you have some negative criticism towards towards films in that they might show the people as weak? Although, like, Baghdad falls, we all fall. No one likes to hear that. No one wants to believe that Baghdad is falling. Uh, um, basically, the Iraqi, the, the Iraqi, <laughs> it's nice here. Uh, 
Um, as I think it's time up, but I will answer it very quick. Um, the Iraqi, they, they, uh, Sorry. they love my films. <laughs> there is a board with English language. Okay, so um, they love my films. I think they are, uh, they like how I portray my way of thinking about Iraq. Um, I, don't, I don't put the Iraqi as a victim. I hate that also. And part of me, I don't like it. I don't like to be victimized, you know, and ask for sympathy, and, you know. No, 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 it's not me. Because I don't, I didn't, I, me personal, I don't ask for sympathy. No, I show you a film, a fiction, or a documentary from A to Z, it's a good film to watch. This is my job to make it a good film. I don't want it to be because of the only subject. And this is what I teach my students. I said to them, it's not about the subject. It's about how you treat it, how you make it, how you use it, how you, you make it as a film that can be Chinese related in it, and it can be Indian, they can be American, see it and enjoy watching it, but not entertain, enjoy watching it in a different way. And that's like really, um, that's, that's what I tried in my film. So the Iraqi, I, don't, I didn't have problem with them. Some of the Bahri, yeah, they don't like my film because I show what they don't want to show it, you know. But also, I don't want to, in my films, like to take a revenge or anything. No, I'm asking for peace, forgiveness in different, in different way. And I would like to thank you, Lucia, for giving me the time to speak with the, with the audience. And thank you, Faraz, and thank you for the festival. And thank you for being here. And, and we are sorry for the time. You know, time up. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks you. Thanks to Mohammed for thank being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sydney Ideas podcast series. For more information about our upcoming events or to listen to more podcasts, head to sydney.edu.au forward slash sydney underscore ideas.